Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are rocking and rolling here on a big football Thursday. The Lombardi line presented, as always, by BetMGM alongside Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Our VEASAN NFL betting guide drops today. So we continue to just preview, give a little tease as to what folks can get in the guide. And, Michael, one of the great articles that was put through in this year's guide was from our guy Zachary Cohen breaking down some NFL MVP chatter and he presented a few interesting questions some dark horses maybe worth a look as well we've got the usual suspects atop the odds board Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow Josh Allen and the like but when you first look at MVP market who are those initial names that stand out to you as legitimate candidates to win this thing well we know it's a quarterback friendly award right so you know what is betting let's start there betting is elimination What can we eliminate to help us win money? You know, I don't want to play this game. I don't want to play that game. Elimination. So when you're dealing with the MVP, you can eliminate positions. It's they're not going to, we're not a running back league. It's going to be hard for a wide receiver to get the award because the quarterback's going to get it from, I mean, Jamar Chase isn't getting it. Burrow would get it. So you know that there's a really good possibility. Now there's a strong possibility. It's a quarterback. So if you can get odds above five to one and you took $500 and invested it into five different players, a hundred on each guy, you can guarantee your profit if you pick the right five guys. And so to me, that's always been what the MVP award is. So who are those right guys? Well, you know, you just, you know, at 150, you know, at 650, you would, you would invest 500 to make uh, $150. Is that worth it? Yeah. I mean, that's not bad if you can get it. But you got to find, you got to make sure you nail it down to the five players. And I think that it's going to be the five quarterbacks. And if you think Cincinnati's going to win the Super Bowl, then you got to play Burrow. Because if they win the Super Bowl, it's probably because they were a one seed. Right. And, and, and if that, they're a one seed, he's the MVP. 
Michael, and that just goes into some factors I think that are important to take into account when you're talking NFL MVP as well. Mike Somich and I discussed this a little bit yesterday. Somich, by the way, is going to join us in about 12 or so minutes to give out some of his daily bets. But I'm talking about how team success is going to, like player success and team success go very, very hand in hand for this market. Uh, Looking at a quarterback's touchdown to interception ratio, narrative is always going to be important. But if your team is having success and you're a one seed, likely that quarterback's going to be a part of it. The last non-quarterback to win the award was 2012, Adrian Peterson. Before that, it was LT in 2006. And we've seen a really big significant shift into it being a quarterback-driven type of award. So if you're looking for a wide receiver, you're looking for a running back, look in the Offensive Player of the Year market instead of the MVP. Um, But as you take all of these different factors into account, we mentioned those names that are off the top of the odds board, the guys who are certainly favored to have team success and player success. Um, but another one of those quarterbacks is a little bit farther down. You see him at BetMGM at 14 to one right now. Also seen him as high as 18 to one is Aaron Rodgers in his first year with the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he won back to back MVPs before the down year last year. But something that I think plays to his favor here, if the Jets do have success, is that the narrative around Aaron Rodgers has changed a little bit. Whereas we saw voters outwardly saying, I don't want to vote for this guy because of his personality basically in a lot of ways and the things that he stood for now the way that he's been integrated into the New York Jets at this point if he continues to be the guy that he's been this offseason and excited and rejuvenated and wants to be there and nurture these young guys and teach the offense if he's that guy like why couldn't he win the award again if he you know doesn't show the age maybe that he showed a little bit last year yeah, I mean, look, I think it's a really, a, you know, it, it is a smart play because if you think he hasn't lost any of his skills and the Jets win the East, let's say, and, you know, Rodgers is going to get all the credit. Rodgers is going to get all the credit. You might, you know, will, will Sala get coach of the year? I doubt it, but Rodgers will get the mm-hmm. MVP. So I, I like that. I do. I, I think that's a play where, you know, I, I wrote in my next book, uh, Football Done Right, Hub Harkish was adamant about not voting for Aaron Rodgers. And that and that sentiment carries over in the Hall of Fame voting, too. Mm-hmm. That's why some guys aren't in the Hall of Fame, because the, the writers are angry at the at the people, not the player. So I think now Rodgers has kind of taken that down a notch, and he'll even get more votes. If I don't know if he'll get it if they're a wild-card team, if Josh Allen and the, and the Bills win the East, or if the Miami Dolphins are the Patriots. I don't think he gets yeah. it then. But if they have a first-round bye or they're number two seed, yeah, he's going to get it. Yeah, it's certainly going to take a tremendous season and have him <laughs> being the anchor of that. So that was one of the big questions that Zachary Cohen had in his article, is, is Aaron Rodgers worth a look? Another one of the questions that he put in the guide was, is Trevor Lawrence ready to make the jump and make the push? And we talked so much about the Jags. Are they maybe in a position to make that jump from good to great and how hard it really is. What do you think about Trevor Lawrence knowing the ease of that division and potential for success? Well, I think it's a smart, you know, you you could make a strong case and defend that a lot. And I think Calvin Ridley would be the first witness you'd call to the stand because (laughs) what we forgot about Calvin Ridley because of the one-year suspension, because remember, he had that mental depression he was going through at Atlanta. cost him. But the year before this, Calvin Ridley was a top five receiver in the league. And if he gets anywhere close to that, to go along with the receiving core down there with Christian Kirk and 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 uh, you know and, and the and the players they have on their team, I mean, I think this is a really good opportunity 
for them with Evan Ingram in the slot. I mean, I think he's got a lot of skill around him, Travis Etienne in the running back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would like that a lot. I think there's a strong case you could make for for Lawrence, assuming he stays consistent in what he's trying to do. Yeah, 4,113 yards, 25 touchdowns, just eight picks last year. And you look Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, a lot, a better group of pass catchers that have been put together. Because he did mention Calvin Ridley. Also, in case you're just joining us, we did discuss this a lot in Hour 1. Make sure you check out the Lombardi Line and Podcast Forum. But the updated list of gambling suspensions, there have been a few more names that have come out today. We are now up to seven players Um, who over the last two years have been given full season suspensions, three six-game suspensions. Um, A couple of the newer names today, Nicholas Petit-Frere coming through, Demetrius Taylor, and Rashad Berry. So just keep that in your back pocket. Again, we had a full gambling discussion a little bit earlier today. Um, Any dark horses, though, that you like in in the MVP market? Maybe getting away from some of those guys. We already just guarantee we know that they're going to be good year in and year out, consistent as they come. Who could shake things up? Well, I mean, look, you know, we uh, we talk about this now. I mean, Geno Smith could be one of those that gets it sh- shook up. He could be a dark horse. Would I think he's plus thirty five? Zach has Zach has Russell Wilson as a potential dark horse, but Russell Wilson is going to fall into that comeback player of the year category. Mm-hmm. If he plays well, do you think they'll give him the MVP or think he'll get comeback player of the year? You told me the other day he qualifies for that. So if he does, you know, I, I think to me that would be the case. Uh, but, you know, Geno Smith, if, if say Seattle wins the West and they're really good and with the skill players that he has around them and an offensive line that's going to get mm-hmm. better, yeah, why not? Absolutely. Like, I know, we, I know we have a perception of, you know, it's called belief perseverance where we believe something in spite of the facts, right? We believe Justin Fields is going to be great in spite of the facts. We believe <laughs> Geno Smith is going to revert back to the Geno Smith when he was a rookie in spite of the facts. So when you remove belief perseverance from your handicap and you really become a better handicapper. I like the thought process with Geno Smith, especially at those long of odds. I think it makes a lot of sense. You also mentioned off the top of this block elimination, right? And eliminating non-quarterback positions. I think there are also some names just for me and my beliefs going into this season of people that you can eliminate Justin Fields would be one of them at that same odds at 20 to one to a tongue of Iloa, just because I don't have the belief that he's going to be able to stay yeah. healthy throughout the course of a Where long season. Where are you on Trey Lance? Well, we have Trey Lance. <laughs> Why up you there do this too? to me? Don't get me and started. He's 25 to one stormy. <laughs> he's got better odds than Geno Smith. And he's not even going to be the, he's not even going to dress on Sundays. He's got better odds than Brock Purdy, who is the guy that the, Everybody in leadership it's the positions power of the earthquake. The maker. It's the power of that. Yeah, it's, it's wild. unbelievable. Um, speaking of the 49ers, though, a former 49ers quarterback now here in Vegas with the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, some folks on Twitter are a little bit confused about one of the props that's available right now at DraftKings and his number. So I, w- I want to throw this at you um, because there are markets up right now for players to throw for 4,000 and 5,000 plus yards. Usual suspects at pretty unbettable odds at top. Um, Patrick Mahomes. Minus 3,500. Kirk Cousins and Justin Herbert, both minus 1,000 in the market. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, minus 550, minus 500, respectively. Jimmy Garoppolo is a minus 330 odds-on favorite in this market as well, Michael. And that surprised me a little bit that he is projected in that market at that price to have more than 4,000 yards when he has never reached that mark in his career. 
but he hasn't he hasn't played a full season for Josh McDaniel's offense. Remember, he grew up on the Brady offense. Get the ball out quick, which is not the Kyle Shanahan offense. So he's going back to an offense that he grew up in. And that ball is going to come out. The Raiders' offensive line is not great. Colton Miller's a good player, and they kind of piece it together. The ball's got to come out quick. That's what McDaniels does. That's where Brady was so good. And if you've got guys that can catch and run with it afterwards, those yards start to pile up. Do I think it happens? My concern would be, can Jimmy stay healthy for 17 games? But I'll say this. Jimmy's going to play well in that offense because that offense will make the quarterback who understands it how to play well. And he did when he was in New England. I was just trying to think of Derek Carr, and granted, he didn't play every single game. We know how things ended the back end of the season, but Derek Carr, who I consider the better downfield passer, um, he struggled to get to that mark. Even the years previous before um, McDaniels was in there, barely got over 4,000 himself. So that's kind of what threw me a little bit for a loop here. I would also prefer to bet Jimmy Garoppolo's prop set at 3,700 and a half yards Mm -hmm. at a lot of books out there. There That's the smarter bet to make. But minus 330, I was like, that just seems a little bit heavy for a guy that hasn't done it yet. Um, we're gonna I take, think they're counting on it. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break here. Our guy, Mike Somich, professional handicapper, is going to join us coming up next. He's got a few baseball plays to discuss. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports Before you network. make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see the changes in action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way VSIN is here to make you a more informed, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you as we welcome you back to a Thursday edition of the Lombardi line. Excited to welcome in great friend of the show, Mike Samich at Samabomb18 on Twitter, VSIN contributor and professional handicapper. He was holding it down with me yesterday as my co host on the show. Welcome back, Mike. I mean, long time no see. How are you? All right. I get to be more casual today. I get to ditch the suit as the host, put on a nice little comfortable sweater as the guest. I'm excited for it. There you go. It's the little things, as they say. Uh, To get us started here, I did want to bring up, though, I know you and I went back and forth a lot last night on the NHL draft. Connor Bedard, uh, NHL. I keep on feeling like I'm saying NFL. NHL draft. Connor Bedard ends up going number one overall to the Chicago Blackhawks, but right away at number two. We had a little bit of a surprise. Did not see uh, Leo Carlson ultimately going to the Anaheim Ducks. No, I was surprised by that. I was really expecting it to be Fantilli, the the freshman out of Michigan. Uh, Carlson was the number one rated European skater, so he he ends up jumping up to number two. You, You were expecting a center to go two and three, and that's how it went. And then our boy Mishkov, he fell yeah. down to seven. Oh, I, I, was, I was so ticked when San Jose didn't take him at four. I really thought they were going to pull the trigger. Boom. Oh. Mike, I, I was fascinated reading about Mishkov this morning in the Philadelphia papers. And uh, Keith Jones is a friend of mine. He's the president of the team. And I text him. And I, I, I actually, when I, after I read all about the kid, what a, what a great pick. Like, if you're going to rebuild, you can't worry about, how quickly it takes to rebuild. You just got to collect the best players you can and when you get them when you get them. But this kid's going to come over, they thought, here and within a year. What was your thoughts on this? Uh, you're, you're dead on, Michael. Look, th- uh, he was a great pick anything after really number three in my mind because there were three top-tier prospects in here. You could make the argu- argument that Carlson was number four there. Uh, he was probably – he's probably the most dynamic player outside of Connor Bedard in this draft. And look, a lot of these teams drafting the top ten – even if he stays in the KHL for three years, they're not going to compete for three years anyway. So you can wait for him, and he's going to continue to develop there and come in a better player in a couple of years. And it was fascinating reading some of the stories just around this draft. They held a private workout for him. They closed mm-hmm. down the facilities, canceled practice for the day so the Flyers management could see him play on the ice in person. And it, there was a lot of just callbacks to Yarmir Yager. Fascinating story with Yager here. We'll get into the bets in a second. But when Yager was coming over, he told draft picks one through four, all the teams drafting one through four, that he was not going to come over for four to five years from the KHL. He went to Pittsburgh at number five and said, I'll come over and play with Mario right away. (laughs) He was trying to essentially pick his spot. It feels like a little bit of that happened here because now all of a sudden that three years, maybe next year. And apparently he said the same thing to the Capitals who were drafting at eight. So he clearly wanted to be in Philadelphia or in Washington and and they're going to reap the benefits of it. Yeah. And that's something that it really seems that Philly has felt when you listen to some of the post-draft interviews from their leadership, the excitement, they felt like it was definitely reciprocated. And he is a player who we know is so incredibly talented. There were just a lot of 
question marks when it came to the contract and maybe some personality stuff, but it seems like he's put that to bed, at least with there. And the reason why I said number two is such a surprise from a betting perspective for anybody out there that was looking at the odds, Fantilli was a minus 550 favorite to go number two overall. And so if anybody did have Carlson going to, they cashed a nice four to one ticket. Let's get to some of your plays, though, here in Major League Baseball, a full slate of games once again today. Our guy, Will Hill, was on the Astros today, and it seems like you like them taking the run line at a plus money price. Yeah, I'm all over the Astros today. This is just Adam Wainwright. He struggled early. He is just bad now. He's 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 kind of lost his touch here. And and to me, again, we talked about the Astros yesterday. We had them at plus 108. They cashed for a stormy. We're going right back to the well here. I've actually bet them in three different ways in this game. I played the minus one and a half plus 140. I played the minus a half run in the first five plus 108. And I played the minus 115. We can get that money line out there available. We're sitting around minus 120 now. I still think that's playable. This is just a situation where the Astros are the better team. They have the better bats. And because of the starting pitch up, pitching matchup, you're not seeing as drastic of a gap between these two. Wainwright still has some name recognition. recognition and J.B. J.P. France on the other side for the Astros here just doesn't. But he's pitched very well, shut down the Dodgers last time out. I think this is all Astros today. I like them all across the board here. So I've got them played three separate ways. Mike, I asked Will Hill this earlier in the show. What, what are your thoughts of the Mets? Like, what is Steve Cohen going to be able to do? And how did they get in this? Is it just that the older players got older too quick? It, it kind of there's a parallel to that that Rams conversation you guys were having last hour. You can't just pay everybody a bunch of money and hope it works out because a lot of times it doesn't. Now, the Rams got their Super Bowl, but they had so many bad contracts on the roster. The Mets are in the same way here. I mean, they've just got bad contract after bad contract, both have a pres- from positional players to pitchers here, and you're investing in older arms. And, and when you invest in older arms, multiple things can happen. You can have a regression where the player just gets worse, or you have situations where they get hurt, and that's happened with both Scherzer and Verlander here. This Mets team just isn't, I'm going to say wisely constructed, right? Intelligently constructed. They just threw money at a bunch of players and hoped it worked out. That's not really the best way to build a team from the ground up. And when you have a new owner, you see this all over the place. The Suns are doing this now where they're just kind of throwing money out there and hoping that a championship sticks to the wall. And a lot of times it takes a little bit more than just money to make it happen in sports. Mike, we were also fading the Royals yesterday. You had the first five with the Guardians. With Shane Bieber taking on Zach Grinke today, do you have a similar approach? Yeah, we're running it right back. I mean, again, we've got the better bats here with the Guardians than the Royals. The Royals, one of the worst offenses in baseball. And I don't trust Shane Bieber, but I trust him more than I trust Zach Granke at this point. I, you know, Bieber, metrically, he is due for a regression. But at the same time, he's got a very easy lineup he's facing. Every single one of the Guardians starters that has faced, uh, that has faced Zach Granke so far has a hit off him. Eight of the nine starters have faced him. Eight of the nine have a hit off him. I think the Guardians get to Granke early. I think Bieber's able to get through five or six, maybe give up a run or two. So give me the Guardians, laying the half run in the first half. I- I'm considering playing the under here, too, because I wouldn't be shocked if neither of these offenses really break out. And you're on the Mar- are you on the Marlins or the Red Sox tonight? Uh, I'm taking the under in that spot. So the first five under was available at five and a half. I like it at four and a half as well. I would lean toward the Red Sox. Brian Bello has been phenomenal for them. He had a rough first uh, first month of the year, had a six plus ERA. But since then, he's had a sub 2.7 ERA. He's had five in a row, five quality starts in a row. And on the other side, Jesus Lazardo is one of the better pitchers for the Marlins. He was one of the top prospects for the A's before he came over to Miami. I think both of them are able to shut these lineups down today. So give me the under first five, five runs or four and a half, depending on where you can find it. 
virtual pick em game there. The Red Sox minus 105, Marlins minus 115. The full game total sitting at 8.5. Also, the Rays and Diamondbacks going head-to-head tonight. The total in that one, 10. And you think that the bats are going to get going because you're taking over the double-digit number. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a mess of a pitching matchup. The Rays are doing a bullpen game. Ray's bullpen is bad, uh, and so that's a great spot to take an over. And on the other side, Brandon Pratt uh, is pitching for Arizona. He's 0-2 with an 8.37 ERA, and both of these teams like to hit the ball. They like to run the bases. It's a good hitting stadium. I was surprised this one wasn't 11 or 11.5, so I took the over 10 when it was available. I would lean toward the Diamondbacks in this spot as well if you're looking for a side just because I don't trust this Ray's bullpen, but I think the bats are the better, more side to, to – be able to back here. So I'm going to take the over 10 in that spot. And you're also going to play the match, huh? You're into the match with clay and I forgot uh, I that to that was today. This. I am. I, I love these gimmicky things. We talk about them all the time when I, when I jump on these shows and the match to me, the rules setting here is what is the most important part of this specific match. In the previous matches, we've seen uh, best ball format where both players play the hole and you count the lower score or alternating shot format where player A hits the first shot off the tee, player, player B hits the approach shot, player C hits the first putter chip. But in this case, we are playing a full-on scramble, which means that both players take a shot off the tee. Whoever has the better shot, both players hit a golf ball from there. That sets up wildly well for the player with the better team to dominate that position. And in this case, you've got Steph Curry, who is a one handicap, and Clay Thompson, who's not very good at golf. And you've got Patrick Mahomes, who is an eight handicap, and Travis Kelsey, who's not very good at golf. There is a world here where Steph just beats the other two on his own ball because he's able to do that. But if Clay hits a putt, makes a nice chip, hits a good drive, that's just going to be the, the cherry on the top of the cake here for the Team Warriors. I played the Warriors when they were minus 230. I would play them all the way up to minus 400. I've been scouring the sports books for a laying a hole and a half here. I think Clay and Steph are going to blow him out because Steph is that much better than either player on the KC side. I cannot wait for the trash talk and the clips that are going to be making their way on social media. I love it. How's your back, by the way? Speaking of golf, I know that you were playing hurt yesterday. We're doing a little better. You good. know, had had some nice Tylenol PM last night. That definitely helped out. Got a good night of rest. So we're 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 better than yesterday, Stormy. I appreciate you for asking. Appreciate you, oh, buddy. Awesome. You're the best. Thanks for doing this, Mike. All right, take care. Thanks, we'll Mike. see you guys later. Yes, that is our guy, Mike Samich, uh, at Samabomb18 on Twitter, gives out his plays. Also does a great job with horse racing as well. Check out racingdudes.com. Yep. He and his crew um, all in on all of that stuff. But I honestly, I forgot, Michael, that the match was today. I can't wait to see um, some of the too. clips. I, I haven't even turned the TV on. I mean, it's just like, I'm, what am I going to watch? I mean, I missed the perfect game last night. Who knew? <laughs> We're going to step aside. More Lombardi line coming up next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's always football season here at VSIN, which is why we have just released today our NFL betting guide. The guide will help you get ahead of all things this upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. 
Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as 19 bucks and get our newly released NFL betting guide. You can also take advantage of the summer kickoff special where you get access to everything we do at VEASAN from now through the Super Bowl in February for only 175 bucks. VEASAN.com slash subscribe is where you can get it all done. Rolling along here on the Lombardi line. It's the hour of Mike and Michael. Michael Lombardi out on the East Coast here on the desk with me at Circa Resort and Casino, VP of operations here at Circa, Mike Palm. Welcome in. Was Samich just on? Was Correct. He in his regular spot? Yep. Yes. <laughs> He's good. He should fill in for you when you're off, I think. He did yesterday. I, I know. I, uh, I, I see. I, I know. I watch the show. Man. I watch Tuesdays and Wednesdays are really the highlight of the week for many Michael, you're going to let listeners. him talk to you this way? <laughs> That's all right. I can handle it. It's okay. I figured Pritch was that they had that gospel according to Mac 30 for 30 on again this week, Michael, about Bill McCartney at Colorado. And uh, I watched watched it. It's really fascinating. I watched it again. I thought maybe Pritch was throwing some watch parties for for that this week. (laughs) I think, you know, it's funny when they put those shows on, Mike, I, I love it because I don't think people remember Colorado football for when it was great. You know, when McCartney went there and got the, uh, L.A. market really booming into Denver with the Continental Airline flights in there, and they became a really difficult team. You know, they were in the Big Eight at the time, and so they they were able to play well against the likes of Nebraska and Oklahoma when they were really running well. Well, McCartney made the great point. He said, "If I can get him to Boulder, I can sell Boulder over over Lincoln or Norman. I mean, I just got to right. get him. If I can get him to Boulder, I mean, look at this compared to Lincoln." Nebraska or Norman. I, I want to ask a point. I'm going to dovetail into a point. I was talking with Mitch and Paul this morning and get your perspective being a football guy, but it's it's still relevant. And we did a mock draft for World Series here where we each got to pick four teams on an S-curve. And Mitch's last pick was the Padres. And, and, and I, you know, here's what I say about San Diego in general. And it can apply uh, at one point to the Charger organization, the Clippers, especially the Padres. San Diego is a town, and now specific to this Padres organization, and it's the finest city in America. You go to San Diego and be a Padre, you go there to get paid and chill in the best place in America. That's an issue when this, the city is so beautiful. I don't think there's that winning desire, that grind for these teams out of San Diego. Yeah, that's a great, you know, that's a really interesting question because I think, and having been in the NFL I truly learned this through my experiences that that you must be different, have different grading systems for the city you're in. For example, if you're in New Orleans, you have to be very careful about who you bring into your organization because there's a lot of temptation in New Orleans. If you're the Miami Dolphins or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and those cities have a lot of uh, a lot of places for young, wealthy, single men to get in trouble. And their attention span goes outside of football. Whereas if you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin, I mean, there's not a lot to do in Green Bay. And everybody knows you're an NFL player. You don't blend in as well. So I think you have to tailor your team to the environment, right? You have to tailor your team to the environment. So if your theory is correct that people go to San Diego to just chill, then you better find baseball players that love baseball. Yeah. That want to play anywhere. That'll play anywhere at any time. And that's how, to me, how you have to approach it. You, if you just ignore your environment, like some of these analytical people want you to do, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And it's an all-sport championship drought in San Diego, the way that it's been. Plus, I think that that also crosses over to the fans. We talked a lot about how one of the issues that they have is there's 
because the weather is so nice and there's other things to do in San Diego, they don't pack the seats at sporting events like they do in other places, too. Well, the Padres became a hot ticket last year, and it's a little bit of a different crowd. Uh, we go down there. I'm, I will try to make another trip because of our great relationship. Uh, I with do the love Padres, Petco. It's really nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. And, of course, we have access to some of the seats. We went down for the Dodger playoff game um, that they won. Uh, so, you know, it's terrific. It's just the one thing that I that I can't stand about the fact that they're playing poorly now is this sentiment that, well, it's 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 not the manager that Tingler was fine, you know, and then Melvin has this all this talent and not winning, you know. Forget about that. It stands on its own how bad Jace Tingler was. All right, that that cannot be disguised by the fact. But I don't think they make the playoffs. I think they're in a world of hurt. This was supposed to be the easy part of their schedule: Nationals, Pirates, and, and they're not making up any ground. They're just falling further behind, and they got three tough teams ahead of them in their division. Arizona's playing great. The Giants have been. Razor sharp here the last six weeks, and they still have the Dodgers. So I think they have a, f- a hard time finding their way into the playoffs. So I don't like that future bet for Mitch. How about the Major League Baseball future bets for the circuit? Where, where's your liability right now? Are, are you are you guys in pretty good shape on all the teams? You know, we're not in too bad a shape. Um, the win totals is where people bet um, more often than not. And we're not in any bad shape on the surprise teams. We didn't take a lot of over on the Reds, not a lot of over on the Orioles, a little bit of fade the Mets. The Mets are in bad shape, um, but we're okay, pretty okay in that market. Of course, more money will roll in as we get closer to the playoffs with people betting, you know, National League, American League, and World Series. With this being the day that um, the Visa and NFL betting guide has dropped, Always top of mind, I feel like this time of year, is people getting excited and involved in the contest. We know you guys have lifted the guarantees, the number of entries that you can do in these contests. How are things looking so far? Are people already coming up and, and getting their tickets involved? Oh, yeah, we're pacing. Well, obviously, the people who are doing it are out-of-town folks because there's no need for a local to, to sign up yet. Um, Survivor is doing, you know, typically we go through... July and survivors just a little bit above millions. It's it's pacing quite a bit above, almost two to one right now. People so, doing the full load of entries. Well, we had a few. We had a, a Bob DeLuca, who remember had six entries left when nobody else had more than one, and but didn't make it last year. He came down and did a full house, five in the, five in the millions and ten in the survivors. So, it's doing well. We're going to be August fourth. We're going to be going up to uh, Sparks Reno area and doing a sign up weekend. Actually. Tim Murray and Sean King will be doing their show on Friday live from Legends Bay up there, and then we'll be there Friday and Saturday, hopefully pulling from that Northern California Bay Area market as well as as Northern Nevada. Um, um, and then uh, the last weekend of August, the 24th through 26th, is when we do our major sign-up weekend, and I'll have my panel on that, on that Saturday, uh, August 26th. Mike, what as you look back on Survivor and... You know, it was such a hard year, right? I mean, we lost so many people early. Do you think that was the anomaly because there wasn't any rock-bottom teams? Like, when I wrote this column for again, with the Rams, and I understand McVay's a really good coach, but their talent level is not going to be very good in terms of competing, especially with their, with their uh, quarterbacking situation if Stafford gets hurt, even if he plays. So do you think it was just the – we didn't really have any bad, bad teams earlier in the season, or do you think it's just going to continue to get harder and harder? Well, there was such chaos through three weeks. And then we went through seven weeks where there was hardly anyone eliminated. And then we had chaos again. So it's hard to say because 
is there always an anomaly? Now, are you going to be able to get to play against Arizona and the Rams a lot this year? That becomes a factor. It's more about who are the bad teams, not who are the great teams. Right. Because exactly. in, in an ideal world, you can fade a bad team maybe four or five times. Um, it's harder, I think, if we did it that you could and you had to pick a loser and only team use a team once. I think that would be much harder to go twenty and zero doing that. I am. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's all about figuring out who the bad teams are, and you know, in September, those bad, you know, like look, Chicago goes in on Monday night and beats New England. That was their last win, mm-hmm. right? You know that even bad teams win early, but once you get a bad team down, man, you can ride them. I'm still bitter, and you know well when my dad cornered you and Derek Stevens. Yes, the Lions were over going into Week 10 against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Big Ben, the COVID news came down, like, I think two hours after the deadline to submit picks or something, and it was just like, ah, that's that's how I lost two years ago, Week 10, on a COVID tie with the Lions. We got to look forward, Stormy. I know. It's ancient history now. But I'm still emotional because last year I was so bad, too. So this is is my season, okay? I'm determined. That's what I am. I'm a determined better. Try, try again. That's all you can do. (laughs) Um, Last minute here. um, With all of these different gambling suspensions coming down for NFL players right now, what was your initial feeling or thought with everything that's come out? Well, uh, I think there's two separate things. I think... The rules where people are getting suspended because they bet at the practice facility in the parking lot are really antiquated and being need to be looked at. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think you're ever going to be able to bet on your own sport, nor should you. But I disagree with something that Will Hill said earlier, where he said he would be upset if he bet, let's say, on the Giants and found out a Giants player also that was playing also bet on the Giants. I just said, why would you be upset if they bet on their own side? I'm not saying it should be allowed, but I wouldn't be upset to know that somebody bet, somebody on, my bet own, on, on their own side. Bet on their own like, team like to Pete win. Like Pete Rose used to do, which, managing the Reds. Which you should always want to win. That should I should be hope. the goal yes. at the end of the day. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break here on the Lombardi line, but when we return, it's also the return of Palms pressing three. Big questions, big picture for Michael Lombardi from Mike Palm when we return. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, 
business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Plus, planning a trip can also convert BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located here on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is time as we wrap things up here on the Lombardi line for Palms Pressing 3. Stormy Bonantoni, Michael Lombardi with you alongside VP of Operations here at Circa. Mike Palm, what do we have today on tap? Michael, it's I can't wait. Oh, yes. This is what they all came for, Michael. It sounds like the Jets are this year's losers of the hard knock sweepstakes. Between Rodgers and many other new additions needing to be acclimated to the team and the spotlight the Jets are already under, having the hard knocks Mike and Cameron and Camp can't be a positive addition. Some head coaches, like Anthony Lynn, Hugh Jackson, and Big Mike in Dallas, didn't exactly shine bright under those cameras. Robert Sala could get exposed. Is there a betting angle to the Jets being on hard knocks? Anecdotally, none of the Hard Knocks teams have gone on to great years. Some have been train wrecks. Are you excited for Big Apple Hard Knocks, and will this be a detriment to the Jets? Oh, I think a lot of it is going to come down to the leadership of the head coach. Uh, And I think your question is well uh, structured in the sense that it did not make a lot of guys look good as head coaches. I mean, let's not forget Hugh Jackson. How about when, when, when the great Herman Edwards was pondering whether he was going to start, uh, you know, uh, the Damon Hurd or Brady, I forget who the quarterback was, some third-round pick. Like there, you, You're sitting in a room pretending you have a decision. There's no decision. You don't have a quarterback, you know. So I think it really is a challenge. If you're the head coach, it puts you in a spotlight to the fans that they've never seen you in before. And it can go positively or negatively. And if I were Salah and I was advising him, I would say, this is your opportunity to show you're a great leader. This is your opportunity to show you've got command of everything. This is your opportunity to kind of enhance the messaging. But, you know, they're all going to look at it as they're going to get exposed because at the end of the day, they will get exposed. So I think this is just another one of those Areas where you're concerned about the Jets. Look, you just don't automatically become a championship team. There is growth that has to occur. 
you go from good to a little bit better to a little bit better. I mean, let's just take the Denver Nuggets, for example. I mean, how many times are they knocking on the door before they got in? you got to build up the resiliency of your team to win those close games with plays in the fourth quarter that count. And you need your focus and attention on all those things. And hard knocks will distract that. So I do think there's a betting angle. And I think it comes back to if you think Miami's going to finish second place or you think but Miami could win the division or you think New England could beat the Jets, let's not, keep in, let's not forget that the head coach of the New York Jets has only won two AFC East games in two years. Yeah, I mean, the, the history we know with the Jets is clear, but I like what you said about it being able to go one of two ways because, yes, there are a lot of coaches where it's looked back bad and poorly on, but then you also look at Dan Campbell and look at how much people fell in love with the Lions and fell in love with him as a coach throughout that process, didn't pan out necessarily well on, on the field. My question about their schedule in particular, you look at that season win total for them. I wonder if there could be an opportunity because right now you're obviously buying at the peak of the market with so many people believing that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is going to be such a big deal. The beginning of their schedule is a gauntlet. If they drop a few of those early games, there could be, I think, maybe opportunity to buy in on a win total during the season, which could be a better number for you. True. I just think the AFC is so stacked. There's going to be several big disappointments there, right? Especially between the East and, as we talked about last week, Michael, the AFC North. Question two. We were well ahead of the curve last year here at at the Pressing Three with Lamar's Jackson's prolonged absence and bitterness on both sides between him and the Ravens. All has been happy and quiet on that front with many predicting big things. But is it that easy for both sides to forgive and forget what went on last year? How about his teammates? Or if there is any adversity, is this a club that could fragment? Any lingering effects from what went down last season, Michael? Well, I I think to me the concern always is every time an owner pays a player, there's always, you know, buyer, I pay too much. I shouldn't have given in. You know, there's that that sentiment that runs through unless – you know, you just continue to paint the Hollywood picture and win. So I think there can be some lingering effects. I think this is a big year for John Harbaugh. He made a coaching change offensively. A lot of people think that's a good thing. Whether Todd Munkin's the right guy, I don't know. You know, you're not going to run Georgia's offense, and you're going to need to design the Lamar Jackson's offense to make this team work. I'm not sure that the Ravens are as talented as we all think they are. I think Lamar's talented, but are they good enough in the offensive line? People say, well, they're going to throw the ball more. Well, when they throw the ball more, is Ronnie Stanley going to stay healthy? Is Morgan Moses going to stay at right tackle and stay healthy? I don't think so. I think when they throw it more, it becomes harder for Jackson to really be as effective as he needs to be because the offensive line isn't a great pass-blocking line. So uh, I think this is going to be a big year. I, I This is the year for me that I think Cleveland has the best opportunity to do something in the North. They have the best. This is their this is their moment. Either they capture they capturize it or they don't. Boy, I I think Watson has to make such a big leap for Cleveland yep. to be good. I mean, not a little progress, a lot. He was horrible. Mike, he was terrible. But Mike, let's not forget now, and this will be dear to your heart, that Deshaun Watson is thirty to one for MVP, but Trey Lance is only twenty five <laughs> to one to win MVP. Well. But two as, wrongs don't make a right. As far wrong. as the Deshaun Watson situation, I, I understood the rust, right? You go 700 days plus without being in a meaningful football game. You're bound to take a step back. I think it would be just natural for him to be much better this year. But four, five games in, he was still awful. I mean, the rust has it to come horrible. off at some point. Yeah. 
it was it was not ideal. But you'd think like you would, especially when you're being paid what you're being paid, that you'll elevate. The the fall is quick and steep. I mean, I think if Cleveland's not a playoff team, I think it's they move on from Stefanski, who two years removed from Coach of the Year. But that's you know that's the business here, Michael. What have you done for me lately? Final question. Exactly. Final question. Maybe the team that has generated the least buzz this offseason is the Minnesota Vikings. The Lions are the favorites to win the division. As subscribers will soon find out when they pour page per page through the guide, every Visa and host is in love with the Packers. And the Bears are a very public team. We all saw Minnesota flame out in the playoffs after winning a bunch of coin flip endings last year. Dalvin Cook and Thielen are gone. Their draft was strange at best. Cousins' long-term status hasn't ever been stable. Year two for Coach O'Connell. He should be better. What do you make of the Vikings this year? Kirk Cousins is in his last year of his contract. Okay, so that just could go two ways. Does he have a great year and all of a sudden become a player they cannot sign or they couldn't, they're not going to franchise him again, or does he just bottom out? I, I think to me, this is going to be a hard year for them. Their talent level isn't going to be as high as it once was. They've made a lot of changes. They've gone completely down this analytical path that they want to go down. Uh, you know, Stormy and I kicked it around earlier today about they're, they're over at eight and a half is, you know, does that, you know, that's a four game adjustment basically. So uh, I just don't trust them defensively, even though I like Brian Flores. But to me, the bigger concerns comes with Kirk Cousins. Like, I think Kirk Cousins in a contract year might not be the right thing to have because he's always been, when the pressure's on, he doesn't play to the highest level. And when you're in your contract year, the pressure's always on. Well, we were talking about earlier, and maybe I'm in the mi- minority, but I feel like while, yes, regression is absolutely going to come from all of the success that they had in one-score games last year, I just feel like five games is it's too, too much. many. No, it's so, too much. I yeah. draw a line through the Bears here. I don't buy the yep. Bears at all in this division. So you it, then you, you have value in drawing a line through the Bears if your opinion's correct. So where do you land? The Lions are too short for me, so I have to land on, yeah. on, on the Vikings or the Packers, you know, the, the way I look at a betting strategy. Yeah. Also, in terms the, of— And the only thing I would be standing on the table for the Packers, I just don't trust LaFleur. Mm-hmm. I like the Packers over 7.5, but I don't trust—you know, I think they're going to start slow because they're so young on offense. But also, one last thing in terms of the Vikings win total, where things sit right now for their season, they're favored in 11 games, and four of the six games that they're dogs in are three points or less. So you say, telling me they can't win some of those coin flips? I don't know. I just I think it's too many games with that eight and a half. They're they, going to go over, it. in my they, opinion. They have to be better I defensively it, with Flores. They have to be better defensively. They can't they be worse. They have to be. That's true. Just like Watson has to be better than well, he was. Well, I'm not sure. Well, like I said earlier, too, Michael, <laughs> they, they can't be worse. It was pretty That's rough right. last year defensively. <laughs> That's all for us today. Thanks for joining us. Shout out to Thanks, our guy, Mike. Mike Great Palm. job, Mike. Thank, Thank you. Mike Thank Palm, you. Mike Somich, Will Hill for joining us today. VEASAN Best Bets coming up after a quick break. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.